Just a quick word of warning before we get going that the following podcast will almost certainly contain spoilers and may also contain strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Welcome to episode 28 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart. Yeah, I make films and write films and help people make films. And now I talk about films with you. You're not, you're not getting any better at these. <laughs> no, I hate this bit. This is what I most hated, but I hate it. And for the first time in ages, an in-person guest. Yeah, yeah. Well, unless you count Andre. That's true, yeah. yeah. But um, in here, in the HQ. In there, right, right, right. First time in a while. You know him best as the director of Anna and the Apocalypse and Where Do We Go From Here, Mr. John McPhail. John, hello. You all right, boys? How are we doing? Okay, John, thank you very much. Yep, uh, and just uh, a quick heads up to people, whenever there's a Scottish guest in the room... The accents tend to get a little bit indecipherable. I'll slow down, just boys. Uh, just, uh, slow down. No, 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 don't you change at all. The audience can adapt. Right? <laughs> Aye, they've been around the block a few times by now. They know what they're doing. So, John, we've been talking about Halloween in various forms quite a bit recently. And uh, you've gone with one that a lot of people kind of consider the black sheep for obvious reasons. Season of the Witch, Halloween 3. And it's amazing. <laughs> it is it's like of course you go Halloween the first one and then you jump straight to Season of the Witch it's the, it's the second best Halloween film why did you go for this straight away for this particular purpose why because like, you picked it straight away ah, oh it's just because it is it's one of those films that I'm constantly always hear about when you always talk about the Halloween series and people always leave it out or it's like their worst one uh-huh. and you're like why? why why is that your worst one and quite a lot of them have been like oh I saw it when I was younger and it did a Michael Myers in it and I'm shite you're like that's that's a terrible 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 excuse it's awesome it's i think it's the goriest of the lot or like the halloween series up to that point anyway you know it was much much gorier than the first one the characters were like like the first one felt well-rounded uh-huh. you know, or, or like you know tom Atkins is like the everyman he's the everyman he's amazing <laughs> <Tom> <laughs> yes, is yes. an absolute hero i love this film as well i've got to say for me it's pretty much a kind of decline in scale on the series. After Halloween 3, it just kind of all gets a bit lost and a bit a, a bit kind of muddled up. It's the most mental one. Like, if you like it... If you, like, like, <laughs> like, like, when I was rewatch, I was watching this again, I went, I can't I forgot that happened! I forgot that happened! <laughs> like, you know, there's so many times I've gone, oh, aye, this bit! Oh, aye! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was exactly the same, particularly as it kind of files into the third act. I aye. was just like, this is just bonkers. Like, seriously. When they just start firing out about Stonehenge you hear about it like in the first 15 seconds or something right. talk about it in a news report and it never appears to the third act that like Stonehenge like what where the fuck did that come from you're right it probably is the most like out there piece of storytelling and piece of filmmaking in the whole thing in the whole, in the whole series I don't know I think it kind of bumps up close with the, the Cult of Thorns stuff that Goes through four, five, and six. Ah, oh, that's true. So oh, that's, that's, like, pretty, that's pretty mental as well. But it's, it's in a load of ways, it's the biggest departure. And like you say, it probably is the goriest up to that point. John, you might know what's coming next. Uh, we'll make everybody do it that comes on. Uh, Andy, we've got 30 seconds on the clock. We do, yeah, yeah. Right, well, just give me a second, boys, right? Just oh. Give me a second. To, you know, just to gather me, your thoughts. To let me gather my thoughts. Yep. I can see him gathering them. 
Let's do it. Right, right okay, I'm going to count you in. Okay. And Seems in, confident. In 30 seconds, your best effort. Three, two, one, go. A hospital patient is admitted, then murdered by a guy who goes out and blows himself up in a motor. The said patient's doctor and said patient's daughter decide to try and uncover the mystery and discover Sil- Silver Shamrock have got a plan to kill every child in America with masks and robots. It's almost time again. Can I give it that? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. That, yeah, yeah, that was with 12 seconds left. But <laughs> yes. That's pretty good. That, I think that okay, catapults them into the top three. I was going to say, I shoot you straight into the top three. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I hung on at the end as well to give you the, the masks and robots. I know. That's I know. true. Ah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have to say that. And we thank you for it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if anything else, it was just colour and you shot yourself in the foot. It's like that Top Gear when the tracks thing. <laughs> that could have been in and out in a tight 12 seconds. If it was oh, like, yeah. I was watching them going, there's nothing left to say and you added on the robots. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Or androids, I don't know. I don't know which well, way. I don't think or I know either. Masks. I don't think I know either, but I guess we'll we'll come to that, Mitch. What like grappling with the semantics of robots and androids. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. This uh this right out it comes right out, it comes out swinging, I think. Yeah. By the way, I love the opening credits. Yeah. They're brilliant and I love the score. Every single time I put it on, I always go, I love this score. Yeah. From that first opening, that opening wide shot, that music as well, you're just like, oh, Carpenter. <laughs> and it's it's in the new electronic age. Oh, <laughs> you're telling me stuff before we start. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like, um, see like with the opening scene where you've obviously got like, at this point, unidentified man kind of being pursued in the car. The score here is fucking brilliant. Yeah. In terms of just being like simmering and building and stuff, I think it's great. Very um, Christine-y. Yeah. So guy makes a kind of noble attempt to escape. Ultim- well. like ultimately caught and strangled by a besuited man. Yeah, and a, a man an emotionless and passive man. Um, the first of many, many emotionless and passive men that we'll see up until the, the Who uh, gets crushed by a car and then just slumps over. <laughs> I love that. Aye, this is this this is <laughs> cracking. I think this guy's the only guy not to lie down and die. Yep. Like at this point, when he's when he's confronted by these these impassive suited gentlemen, he kind of tries one last ditch to save himself. Aye, to be fair, it's like it's a really serviceable attempt at survival. Because when yeah. I saw when I saw him grabbing for the chain, I was like, "What's he going for here?" Yeah, and then obviously you see, and yeah, sandwiching the boy between two cars. <laughs> would you say he was in a state of some distress, Mitch? I would go as far as to say he was in a state of some distress. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, good, good. <laughs> um, and like I say, I at this point we jump to an hour later. And um, our first taste and our last for probably about an hour about the mysterious theft of a stone from Stonehenge. Yep. Yeah. And it's yeah. just it's just glossed over just nicely. It's just it's happening as we come in here. There's the, the, the garage in it. Aye, yeah, that's right. The, the that whole station, first yeah. little sequence up to that hour bit, it's, it's scary. It's, mm. it's creepy. You're left, you're unknown. You're kind of start. you like to see this guy because he's out of breath. You feel like, again, like you can sort of at least relate to him a little bit. And he does at least sort of pull himself out of it. You know, so you're rooting for him within like the first 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. You don't care who this guy is. <laughs> it's been creepy. These weird men are after him. And I'm I'm in. And I'm I'm all, all for it. That's so true. You're on that boy's side immediately, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. But uh, yeah, we, we get a, a news report on the telly, like you say, just kind of casually tossed away. But it's pretty important information that's in there. Uh, a stone has gone missing from Stonehenge. Uh, the blue stone has gone missing from Stonehenge, and there are no leads. And understandably, the British police are baffled, uh, <laughs> as you as you would be, I suppose, as they kind of are generally. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, and it's, uh, oh shit! Oh, uh, no. It's important stuff, and uh, 
it is handled in a way that I think is quite nice. You're not battered to death with it. Uh, it's not like a big newspaper front cover or something mad. But yeah, the the man running away from the the, the man running away from the other man uh, <laughs> comes careening in from the rain, clutching a silver shamrock pumpkin mask in his hands. Why is he hospitalised? It's obviously he's been running a long time. He's probably dehydrated. Right. Do you know what I mean? And if you're going to collapse anywhere, if it's on a garage floor, they're going to take you to hospital. Also, I mean, like, <laughs> Fair he's, enough, John. he's, 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 he's <laughs> like, um, <laughs> when he collapses, he's like, he screams, they're coming and stuff like that. You know, if you, if you were a, a boy that was working the night shift at a petrol station and that, I, with no context, I'd be like, this boy needs help as well. You know? All right. <laughs> um, but on, see, but see, see on the TV though, straight out of one plot point that you're not beaten to death with, uh, straight forward, um, followed immediately by one that you definitely are, which is um, it's an advert for Silver Shamrock, <laughs> that fucking song. The first of many, I think the first of maybe twelve or thirteen instances of the Silver Shamrock advert. When I when I watched it again for the like, as I say, for the first time in ages, when when you watch it, it progr- every single time it happens, something bad happens. Something bad happens within that first moment. Do you know what I mean? So, for example, him collapsing onto the floor. Yeah. The second time we see it, I think it's in the hospital. He's in the hospital and he freaks and out. There's always this impending dread every single time we see this th- this advert, and it's continually going. Yeah. There's something about it, especially in that first, you know, five minutes. There's like I think it appears twice, three times, something like that. It's bad. I think rapid. it's four times in the first twenty-five <laughs> minutes because I wrote it down. I, I wrote every single instance down in my notes. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think we get to four in the first 25 minutes. The third one comes with his kids sitting down. Do you know what I mean? That's so you've, right. you've yep. got the two moments of dread and then on the third one, it's like his children. So it's like That's that right. foreshadowing. Sure. Yep. We're going to do in his wains. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so he's taken to hospital, like you say, and uh, the doctor that's called in, Yes. Well, yes, it's the mighty, the the one and only, really, Tom Atkins, still one of the coolest guys in film, uh, and he, here he is again playing Doctor Dan Chalice. Yeah, but the coolest man in the world, a man who seems to be beloved by women everywhere, constantly, like, like, literally everywhere he goes. Uh, women love him. <laughs> Apart from his wife. Yeah, well, I, I, uh, his wife Linda isn't the biggest fan. See, in the, like, so the first scene when we meet both of them. Uh-huh. Uh, when he well, that's here, yeah, 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 here, right. So like, um, when he's got the masks of the kids and all that, and again, you kind of get another nod to the silver, silver uh, shamrock thing. Yeah, but at this point, she had so much like contempt for him mm-hmm. when he came in that I was like, are they, are they split up? Are they divorced? You know, is this like, is this what like is? And that all the way through, whenever you see him phoning his wife or whatever she's always furious with it it's amazing she's like like so like you get nancy keys who's like so young yeah i mean as well as that to play opposite him you're like wow damn your hot your wife's hot oh but she's so such a bad yeah yeah like there's like three digs within like 30 seconds you know what i mean like and it's all she does is do them you just feel sorry for him you're like but why is she so horrible i'm like this makes up like you're going to be working with your booze breath or something like that. Right. <laughs> and I feel there is... A, booze a doctoring. <laughs> I feel there is an alcohol issue Aye. with Chalice here, with Dr. Chalice, that has caused the kind of collapse of his, his marriage. Yeah. Um, and he's just kind of... I say try to do his best, but he's, he's quite a bad dad. No, but, but, I mean, but they, we paint him clearly as a good dad because they, we, he walks in, the Waynes run at him. They love him. They were yep. supposed to eat their dinner. Everybody but, loves him. But they're not eating their dinner because their dad's in. They're not listening to their moth. They're going right. straight because he's sure. amazing until he opens up the masks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those are pretty Misfire. 
Aye, yeah. some yeah. really crap Halloween masks. Yeah. <laughs> it's really shite because they they just turn around to them and they're like, oh, "These suck." We've got silver shamrock masks, and uh, in fairness, they are fucking awesome. They are. Like, they really are awesome masks. Aye, they are. They're pretty boring. And every kid in America wants to dress up as a witch, a skeleton, and a pumpkin, which I find quite boring. <laughs> <laughs> like, like everywhere in America uh. wants to do that. Like they want to dress up as a pirate, but we're a pumpkin head. <laughs> they want to be Buzz Aldrin, but we're a witch face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aye, it, it, there's a montage later on when you see all the kids kind of walking around and every one of them is wearing a silver shamrock Sh- mask and it looks fucking stupid <laughs> <laughs> skateboarding in Nebraska and that like <laughs> pumpkin face uh, shopping with the parents Pumpkin. Which <laughs> like, nonsense so aye uh, Dr Chalice Dan's called in he's checking in on one man. Uh, presumably he's been paged, I'm guessing. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm assuming so. Yeah. Um. So after he goes in checks in him, we get our kind of first glimpse of uh, <laughs> Dr. Dan the Womanizer. <laughs> well, Dr. Dan, who's loved by women. It's not to say he's womanizing. That's them. true, that's you know true. I mean? Women it's just kind of get enough of it's, it's, it's more of a sexual magnetism thing, isn't yeah. it? And, and the thing is, is he's, he's, he's openly affectionate as well. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you know like, like, like even with the, the nurse, he's talking about running away with her. Do you know what I mean? That's right, you know, yeah, he's yeah. just left Nancy Keys. You don't know they're divorced yet. No. Right? She's going it, through a divorce. Uh, it could just be that she fucking hates him. Uh, 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 right, that's, <laughs> not, that, that's not entirely clear at that point. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like uh, you're right. He's like, but he's very familiar. Like, yeah. kind of very tactile with people and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, he gets kind of fresh with Nurse Agnes. I had it in my notes. He goes fresh with Nurse Agnes. <laughs> that passes for fresh by my standards. Get fresh. Okay. <laughs> Um, and at this point, yeah, we get our um, our second look at um, the suits. Yeah, yes, yeah. The kind of henchmen. Yeah. What did you have them as in your notes? Um, I had suits, initially, just suits. Just just a, a, a suit, as in a guy in a suit? Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, that, that wasn't feeling particularly creative. What did you have? Just uh, impassive suited man one, and then <laughs> another impassive suited man. Like... ISM 137. <laughs> yeah, at this point, obviously I know how it goes, but uh, I tried to watch it for, as, for the first time again, uh, and uh, I was just like, right, if I didn't know how this shakes out, what would I think here? And I was like, just a mad guy in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> so he kind of he kind of sneaks in and uh, dispatches the patient, whose name is Harry Grimbridge, by the way. And a really really graphic death scene, I think. Yeah, More pretty... graphic than you're maybe expecting or that you're kind of braced for. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty um, full on. And it's a decent effect. I think it looks, especially when he kind of pops the rose bone up and out of the right. jo- like out of the joint. I'm I'm guessing bones in the brain or something like you know when you were a wee guy you used to get told all the time uh, that if somebody kind of whacks you with a palm and underneath your nose it'll stab you in the brain and kill you um, I'm assuming that's some of that kind of manoeuvre that's kind of what happened they say later on that he crushes his skull are they, are they tore uh, his skull apart or something, something like that. <laughs> do you know what I mean like when, when he's talking right, when yeah. he's talking to Karen who's another attractive woman who really wants to go out with Dr Dan yeah yeah so, Take a number. Nah. <laughs> you, you, you do need to take a number to get in with Dr. Chalice. He is uh, he needs a revolving door. <laughs> he does. But even even on that, like how ruthless that first death is, we're still within the first five minutes. You know, we've had all that tension, we've That's got right. to know our, our, our lead character who is, you know, is so relatable. You know, like, like I alright, you know, I mean women only women only throwing themselves at me and taking numbers for me, but you know what I mean? If I looked like Tom Atkins then 
then I'm sure they would, right? Um, so, like, so understanding that he's just the every guy, you know, he's got problems at home, he loves his kids, his kids love him, he tries hard, he works That's hard. Right. Yep. He's, got, he's flawed, he's got a bevy habit, do you know what I mean? So within the first five minutes, we're cool. We were, we've been a little bit scared, we've got some tension, we've got some character development, and then all of a sudden, we've got all this gore. It does, co- it does quite a lot of character and narrative, like, heavy lifting before you're really into the meat of the thing, doesn't right. it? But I mean, you're still only five minutes in, Aye. and oh, absolutely, and all of a sudden you've got like unknown man one wiping his hand or two unknown man two. We'll call. I him. think we'll call yeah, him yeah, this two. one Cause, two. Cause, yeah, yeah, why you smash with the motor? I'm pretty sure he's yep stuck in that Aye, motor still. That, junk, <laughs> uh, that junkyard somewhere. Uh. And uh, he's wiping his hands in the curtains. Do you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> one thing, right? Because of course later on we we discover some stuff. He puts gloves on. Why? Right. <laughs> All right, maybe he just doesn't want to get his horns dirty because he's going to pop his head open. But then sure. why wipe your horns on the, you know, like the, the curtain as well? You know? It's like it's like put gloves on to hide fingerprints possibly, pop guy's face off, wipe gloves off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? Like, why not? But um, aye, Impassive Superman 2 sure. dispatches Harry and then to celebrate a job well done, self-immolates in his car. <laughs> it's brilliant he just goes in pulls petrol in he doesn't even light a fag in it like, just straight light up to face <laughs> can I also say that that is a tremendously large and instantaneous explosion it's amazing. <laughs> like, it, is a, it is carnage on a massive scale <laughs> that's an absolute mushroom cloud it's amazing <laughs> all while Dr Chalice watches on in wonder yeah well he gives chase impassively he, he gives chase he, he sees the corpse with a the fucked up nose and uh, kind of gives chase after the van in the suit and he's just minutes away for the car as it uh, erupts in a, an enormous fireball and then straight into I just I'm just realizing I'm forgetting that this is divided into days narratively mm-hmm. and we move into Su- which is Sunday the twenty fourth October I love more days to Halloween more days to Halloween I love better do that every time I love when it changes to Sunday the twenty fourth and you kind of it's just like this kind of wide shot of the car park and uh, you see there's just the smoking and charred remains of the car just <laughs> still smoking just sat in the car park it hasn't got like a cordon around it or anything people have obviously just driven their cars in and parked beside it to start their day at the hospital like, <laughs> I was just like that's weird that, that they've, no, they've no carted it away or they don't have one of those weird tents in uh, it or something like right, no police lending yeah, across just it. fuck it this is the 80s and remained in this, in, in this world police are baffled Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not not just in Britain. Clearly here as well. The police are in a constant state of bafflement. They just think he's on drugs. I I, yeah. I was, was going to mention this. I, like, Which we're um, coming right into right now uh, with the arrival of Ellie Grimbridge. Yeah, so she's here to identify her dad. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I was I was going to touch on that. I think I thought it was hilarious when it was like when it was like oh they're talking about the possible mo and the possible motivation and it's like oh it's probably drugs. It's like really it's like the guy crept into a hospital under a cover of night, eluded the notice of everyone working, killed somebody in a fairly elaborate fashion, hands on, and then went out and calmly blew himself up in a car. It's like yeah, it's oh it's definitely the irrational behaviour of a drug addict. I'm not, and I've never I've never identified a corpse. Right. I've never been I, uh, neither have I. unlucky enough, I suppose, to yeah, have done yeah. that. But I'm sure they don't just do it at the crime scene. Like, I'm sure there's some cleanup involved. Uh, but they just go, What do you think of that? And she's like, Oh, what happened to him? And he's like, Well, he got his head fucking crushed. Like, uh-huh. does, that, does that look like the bottom third of your dad's face? I'm like, ah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> That's definitely not his nose. <laughs> 
Um, an immediate jump to Wednesday the 27th. Sure. At yeah. this point. Um, Run about this point, I thought that uh, Tom Atkins is sitting on the phone to the pathologist. Oh, and, uh, uh, Terry. Yeah. And I thought he was wearing a white suit. And I was like, that is not appropriate at all. But then uh, he stood up and it was a doctor's coat that had kind of went between his legs. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank fuck for that. <laughs> I think if I was in the hospital and my doctor had come in wearing a white suit, I'd be like... <laughs> Can I get another doctor? <laughs> that is ludicrous. I would not hang around on Wednesday very long. No, no, no. no. Uh, why, 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 why would we? Wednesdays are rubbish. Everyone knows that. Yeah, it's I suppose so. But no, like, um, I pretty much long enough for him to, like you say, I talked to Teddy, who we meet for the first time. Mm-hmm. I, yet another woman that he's super familiar with. He he's definitely be- banged her in the past. There's history there. He says something to her along the lines of, hey, do you still have that? And then he stops himself. Yeah, and he's, yeah, yeah. he's like, ha, 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 He strokes her back. They're like, oh, come on, man. Yeah, he's come been, on, Atkins. He's, 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 that's Dr. Karen, isn't it? Is it Dr. Karen she's called? Teddy? Teddy, I heard it doing us. Teddy? I yeah. don't know the pathologist. I, don't know, I don't know. I think you're right. I don't know where I got Karen from. I, I was just avoiding it because I couldn't remember. I was deferring, <laughs> deferring to the, in the hope that Mitch would mention <laughs> <laughs> it. Was, but um, I, I would say it's definitely hinted that there's some history there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like I mean, like Dan for the entire for this entire film has the relaxed demeanor of a frequent shagger. Aye, <laughs> well, here's the thing: is he's, he just looks off quite a lot. Like Aye. I noticed this not not in just in this film. Like I mean, one of my my favorite films, Escape from New York. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you know he's only got that wee bit to it, right? Mm-hmm. And at the very end, he does one hang in it where it's like it's, it's one look, and it's almost like a total look of like disgust and dis- like a disdain, and it's because. Snakes only ask for like a minute of the president's time, and he sure. wouldn't give it. And he does, and so he he flicks his fag and walks off, and it's leaves on Atkins, and he holds his face like that. And I don't know if he's annoyed at Snake or if he's annoyed at the president. And you're going, what? You know, which one? I'm left wondering on that. And a whole way through this movie. This is all he does. He does a lot of looking pensively out of windows. Well, like I like, I, I like like middle distance, like middle distance looks kind of thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're never really big they're not like oh my god like I, I, I've thought of something or there's something going on in my head it's just kind of like I don't know it's like he's going to sneeze <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know what I mean it's just this one it's this sort of like right you can't explain it on a podcast. <laughs> Not the best for a, for an audio format, but uh, yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, I know where you were going there with that. I know. I, I get you as well. But um, we're hurtling towards Halloween at a rate of knots here because yep. it's Friday the 29th after that. Yep, advert four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this is where we get to meet Michael Myers for the first time. And only time in the film. Yes. yes. Technically. Yeah, yeah. Technically. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. it's uh, the advert as uh, for the show. That's yeah. right. So yeah, we get to yeah. see the original Halloween, which, by the way, is my favourite thing about this. So, just to get this out, of course, with the new Halloween, yep. that was becoming the second one. Mm-hmm. So, my fear was that they were going, well, Halloween 3 never happened. But I phoned my mate, and my mate said to me, don't worry, right? Because it's set in a different universe, because they're watching the film Halloween. So obviously that's a different universe. Uh, so oh, everything that happens oh. in this movie still happens. That's a very interesting thing. Uh, uh, that's H two O. Everything else. Very, 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 very interesting. Uh, season of the Witch lives to fight another day. Huh? I like that. I love also, season of the Witch is untouchable. Like, it's completely removed. <laughs> uh, also, see, just to just to throw another layer in Halloween twenty eighteen, are the trick or treaters not wearing silver shamrock masks? They are. Yeah. <gasps> they are. It's like two different universes colliding. Yeah. Oh my god. 
Is that like a final crisis or something? Like? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm I'm happy to install as the truth then that season of the witch is still canon regardless of what Danny McBride tells you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Danny McBride. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know, co-writer and producer? <laughs> but yeah, we see this from the perspective of Chalice in a bar. Of I course, guess. yeah, he's doing the lonely man's drink. Uh, I mean, we've already heard after Nancy that he's he's got a drink problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His wife and this is Linda, played by Nancy, played by Nancy Keys here. But let's not forget Nancy Keys. She's yeah. person thirteen. And, of course, know. and from Halloween. Well, of course, she played Annie in Halloween. Pretty fortuitous meeting with Ellie in the pub here. Yeah, she's hunted uh, him down. I yeah. think she's followed uh, him she's, on his uh, on his aftershave scent, <laughs> kind of floating like Pepe Le Pew. Or his sexual magnetism. I, I, well, that's the thing, and I think that he's not only uh, there's a lot of coincidences that happen in this movie, but he always seems to be in the right place at the right time. Not only that, so like being in the right time in the right place, somehow. The, the lassie that's looking to investigate the same thing he's trying to sort of investigate is get daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> is it no papa? She, call, uh, pa- pa- she calls papa. him papa. Uh, uh, do you know what uh, I mean? Uh, I don't like, some real... I was like, every time she says that, I'm like, Argh. exactly. <laughs> daddy issues, that yeah. mustache. The moment she saw that mustache, she went, daddy. <laughs> Well, she certainly has a, an odd relationship with her father then, if that's uh, if, if the first thing that she does, which is. Pretty much the first thing that she does <laughs> is write Tom Atkins. Exactly. Uh, um, he reveals at this point that uh, her dad's dying words were, they are going to kill us all. A kind lie. A white lie. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's fair. And uh, I... Oh, no, that's the truth. Yeah, uh, the sorry, truth. He, does, he does give her a white lie before uh, that. He says, oh, his last words were, uh, Ellie, I love you. And, she, and she's like, yeah, you're, you're a fucking liar. liar. <laughs> you're a bad liar. You're a bad liar. <laughs> but yeah, no, they're going to kill us all. Pretty ominous stuff. And uh, yeah, at that point, they're kind of... They resolve that they're going to f- uh, figure this out for themselves. I thought you were going to say something else. They resolve that they're going to... F- <laughs> sorry. Yeah, they are going to... F- pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> But aye, they're 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 gonna investigate this. Yeah, figure it out for themselves. Yep. And at, at this point, he makes another uh, outrageous uh, phone call to his wife to tell her that he can't come and hang out with the, or can't come and pick the kids up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She screams at him for a prolonged period of time. He's like, I'm away with a twenty year old to go and solve her dad's murder. Bye. <laughs> I think you're. Uh, <laughs> okay. aye, aye, right. I First think step. you're overestimating her age because. Uh, he fucks her at least three times before he asks her her age. He does so. <laughs> and, and, and the answer that she gives eventually is wildly unconvincing. Yeah. Old enough. It's non-committal. <laughs> like, no. like, she does look like a teenager. The only way I'm even trying to get away with this is like, 21, she's got to be 21. They've yeah. got to be 21. It's like Season the Witch. It's got to be. It's not just about kids. God, man. <laughs> God, Atkins, eh? You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> They visit the Grimbridges that own a kind of hardware store. Aye. And they visit that. And there was a thing that I found quite interesting here, Mitch, that I wanted to bring up. They're looking through the dad's diary. Aye. Uh, and they see that he went to pick up masks from the Silver Shamrock, the Silver Shamrock factory in, in Santa Mira. Mm-hmm. And then uh, looking forward, they say, oh, I was supposed to have uh, lunch with Mrs. Blankenship. Oh. Now, do we suppose this is the same Mrs. Blankenship? who is in the Cult of Thorn in part six. Well, this does kind of reel against the theory that Season of the Witch exists outside of the universe of the original timeline, though. But I, I think it's interesting. It's a, uh, it's a, Well, it's, it's yeah, Blankenship, right enough. 
Mm-hmm. It's a it's a pretty like it's a pretty unusual nickname to be a coincidence. No, for surname to be a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. nickname. Aye. Just putting that out there, floating that. It's a good catch. Yeah, but um, I we're kind of hard. Like at this point, we're kind of hard to into the main narrative thrust of the thing because I bet five twenty five minutes. Very good. Um, <laughs> and uh, Dan and Ellie are away to Santa Mira. Yeah, and that's is like within the, is hitting that 30, 25, 30 minute mark where we get to meet our cannon fodder. You sure do, and thank fuck because they're they're just insufferable. Aye, they're there like as soon as the, as soon as that wee guy starts riding off with his bike and flips off his maw, you're like, I hope you die, you wee ginger bastard. Oh, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, Buddy Betty and Buddy Junior, little Buddy, the uh, Cup for family. family, who um are staying at the same hotel as them. I cannot remember the last time that I've seen an introduction or a set of characters that was this obnoxious. You know, like that, like that sold me on hating them right. so convincingly, so instantly. Exactly, and they come like clattering in in their RV and they're being really loud and like you say the kid's like taking off on the bike and giving his dad loads of abuse and they're like flipping off the mom with like oh fuck the remind me of the, remind me of the cousin from uh, National Lampoon <laughs> uh, but yeah he's that uh, they're just horrible people uh, straight off the bat they're just I, awful, espe- awful. I, I think I think probably especially a little buddy I think that like every second he's on screen tested my resolve need to reach in and punch him in the face <laughs> I think this is where this is where the genius comes from because we're on. not we're not allowed to kill Wayne's, mm. but you want to kill this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like we're not allowed to do that. Like like Wayne's only supposed to die on screen. And you're like, well, can this one be an exception? You know, within thought without even meeting him in thirty seconds, you're like, can we do him in? Is there any chance? <laughs> it's like, based, it's like, is that even on the table? Just based on his character, or is just straight just looking at this awful little. He's got such a little poisonous face like before he even opens his mouth you're like oh <laughs> fucking rat he's horrible and the Rosa Shannon demands a better class of clientele with, uh, uh, a guy doing an amazing Irish performance uh, yeah I want to talk I wanted, I wanted to talk about Rafferty oh is that his name I believe so <laughs> Rafferty the proprietor of the Rosa Shannon <laughs> uh, yeah that's uh, that that accent is really something I mean, what are you going to do I mean it's 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 supposed to be it's, it's silver shamrock and it's Americans. They love the the the, ham, the hammy upness. Have you ever seen MD doing like a? Because sometimes it like with some of the the best season the witch. It just reminds me of like eighties American television. <laughs> you know, there's a bit more wides in it. That you know, there's a bit more ensemble framing, but there's a lot of it that just reminds me of like murder she wrote. You oh, know, I... you know when they go to Ireland and murder she wrote, and they've all got terrible, terrible acts. When, go... <laughs> when they go to Ireland and Sons of Anarchy, have you seen that? No. Oh my god! Well, that's there was a whole season in Ireland. Oh, it's, oh it's shocking! It's fucking heinous. Well, look, it really at, look at Conal Cochran. His Irish is much more subtle. He just drops in the odd. Oh, to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. But he is actually Irish, is he not? Well, uh, he's certainly got an Irish surname. Aye. Uh, very much so. <laughs> Good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> the romantic subplot escalation at this point is at a rate that I would describe as breakneck. Aye. <laughs> you, I mean, like, he offers to uh, instantly, he's like, wants to he'll go sleep in the car or, like, you know, he's been on a the journal, floor, he's been you know, and else she's, and, and she's like, where would you like to sleep? Like, well, that's a stupid question. No, he says, uh, <laughs> he says something like, uh, I think you know the answer to that, Miss Grimbridge. Is it not? That's a dangerous question. A dumb question. A dumb question. Yeah, I'm sure that is what it is. And yeah, away they go. This happens oh. in the fog as well. Like A younger woman comes on to Tom Atkins. Was it, and, is it, and it's what do you call it? Uh, Nancy. Uh, <laughs> Nancy <Keith. laughs> that's how, that's how oh, they get yeah. married. They get married in the fog after that. 
He and then <laughs> you call it Stop the it. head out. Stop connecting the witch. These <laughs> I love it. The carpenter verse. The carpenter verse. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, at this point, we find out there's a curfew. Yeah. Uh, delivered by Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Aye. Yeah. It's, a, it's a first appearance in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. But Dan heads out anyway. Has a wee conversation with a local vagabond. Everyone's out and about, by the way. This is the worst fucking curfew the worst ever. curfew ever. Like, there's people dotted around everywhere. It's very poorly enforced, isn't it? And as well as that, he's got the whitest, nicest teeth from any tramp I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and I'm guessing he's That's the saying. only... Mm-hmm. I'm guessing he's the only tramp in Santa Mira. There can't be that many in a town that small. And he, and he, and he hates Silver Shamrock. He doesn't like oh. Cochrane. Because oh, he's lived in that town all his life and he's never been able to get a job. He's only applied for one, remember. That's right. He only applied for one job. <laughs> he got one rejection. And he's a yeah. tramp. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> and he's lived outside all his whole days. <laughs> and, uh, uh, well, fuck this, man. But he's mercifully free of diseases, as we find out when he, <laughs> when he tries to get a drink at all, Matt, because it's whiskey. I am. He's got many diseases. Not in, like, I'm, I'm, mate. Just still, you're. A, I'll pour it in the cap. Um, but he says, yeah, he's kind of like he's. He talks about, like you say, how much he hates uh, Silver Shamrock and he hates Cochrane, and then also talks about the fact there's TV cameras everywhere, which then immediately is no deterrent to him being like, "Fuck you!" really loudly in the middle of the street, True. directly to uh, Cochrane, which, considering he knows how much surveillance is on the go, is a reckless maneuver. <laughs> um, which he pays for almost instantly. He does. He does. Yeah. Yes. Those white pretty teeth don't ain't no pretty no more. No. No, absolutely not. No, I think that's amazing. Uh, this bit. This <laughs> is good, one of my so favourite bits. Uh, where he bumps into two impassive suited men. Impassive suited men, three and four. Yeah, uh, one of them grabs him and holds him still. And the other one just quite easily pulls his head off. <laughs> just rips it right off. <laughs> but what was like the absolute bare minimum effort? It just comes clean off. And there's a real nice moment of calm before blood just starts fountaining <laughs> up out his neck. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant! <laughs> it's so good. Harlan back for one of the one of the more canon foddery ca- uh, character introductions here, where we meet Marge Gutman. Uh, oh man, I feel bad for Marge Gutman. Marge yeah. was only—I mean, they yeah. fucked up her order. And she was only there to replace her order. Yeah, that's the only reason she was in Santa Mira. That's Can the I only just... reason. Because everyone that's staying at the motel has some kind of vested interest in going to Silver Shamrock, and hers, I would say, is the most like altruistic one. Hmm. You know, she's like trying to get a present for her kid. Like, they fucked it. She's there to fix it. No, no, she's 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 got a store. Oh, she's got a store. Sorry, and sorry. She, and, yes. And they, they screwed up her order, so she's yeah. there to pick up her, the, the other order. Why yeah. the fuck does everyone have to go to this factory to pick up their orders? This is the biggest, apparently, we learn in the film, the biggest mass company in the world. Well, I mean, they, I, I, they don't have a fucking truck. Don't <laughs> ship nothing. Like, it's well, collection only. It's like Argos. <laughs> <laughs> well, Argos delivers. Like, Whoa, the future. <laughs> like, at least Argos fucking delivers. Like, I mean, to, to, to be fair, there's a as it turns out, there's an explanation for this. As we find out, that has nothing to do with having a stable delivery business model. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they're going to chuck for next year. That's right. They've even made up for next year. Yeah. Like the biggest mass company in the world closed for a year. Yeah, not take true. any any pre-orders. None was ever. Shitty. Ellie and Dan are. But just, again. just quickly, wait. sorry. Uh, <laughs> Marge Gutman's particularly annoyed at the quality of the masks that she's uh, received. Yeah, she thinks that as as they've uh, as they've kind of exponentially grown, the quality's starting to suffer. But she says uh, the the badge thing, you know, the kind of medallions that's on all of them, fell off 
but she follows it up pretty quickly with the caveat, my son was thrown it against the wall for hours, but, like, <laughs> but uh, it still shouldn't have fallen off. Uh, well, These masks are not tested <laughs> like that. Like, Well, they're tested for 500 throws against a wall before they fall apart. Like, <laughs> Who says they're this? Oh, there we go. That's why Marge Gutman gets it, because she's a terrible mother. Any mother that allows any child to throw anything at a wall for hours upon hours upon end, right? Obviously, yep. isn't watching her ways and deserves uh, 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 all the bad that befalls them. Of course. Also, <laughs> like just like just like just like not instilling like proper values in your kid, you know, respect what you're getting, you know, yeah. things like that. No. Yeah, respect your walls. Yeah, you know what? I've reversed course completely on Marge Gutman. Fuck, Fuck Marge, Marge Gutman. <laughs> Get it now, Gmail. <laughs> But yeah, we cut by to Ellie and Dan. They're at it again, and we get a post-coital burst of the uh, Silver Shamrock jingle on the radio. Just before that, like, um, is this, is this when he t- when when he asks her? Is this is this is this the point where he no, asks no, her? No, no, not quite. <laughs> no, he point? comes home from being fucking steaming, and she's uh, she's just had a shower, and right away she's on him. Uh, like, she pounces on him. Like, and then there's the really kind of. The scene that I cringe at every time when they have the real she slow lies. jam in the bed. She oh. lies back and he just walks his way <laughs> that, that That is dire, isn't it? Actually? It's quite bad. Yeah. It's also actually considering he's like portrayed as being like, well, like you say, I don't know if he's necessarily a Lothario, but women certainly flock to him. And like, uh, yeah, this is the first real glimpse you get into sexual performance. And I'm thinking like kind of like a mediocre sex. Unless we're all doing it wrong. <laughs> oh, come on. Who do you think's doing it right? He's getting all the birds. Yeah. How many birds have you got? Fuck all. <laughs> but, at th- but at this point, he's up to like four. Aye. Oh, he's yeah. getting four birds by this point. Mm-hmm. He's batting them all. And that's only the ones we know about. <laughs> all tramps are coming out of the woodwork for him, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right enough, though. This 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 is the encounter where he asks how old she is. And it's the, it, is, it is the really fucking weird one. Yeah, just before the just before the question is asked, uh, we get advert number six. Yeah, that's right. At which right. point I've written in my notes, not annoyed yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was. Uh, I. But you, you were. I, I was away. So, yeah. like, do you know what the 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 tune? Yeah. You know what it is. So the the silver shamrock tune. So when they were saying right, we need to get something really catchy, we're going to get something that's going to get stuck in people's heads and earworm, right? Yeah. Right. So they went back and they looked at old. Like nursery rhymes, right? Aye. London Bridge is London falling Bridge, yeah, down, yeah, yeah. falling down. So technically, you hate London Bridge. I haven't given it any yeah, thought. That, but that. I'm, I'm now thinking about it, and I've never liked London Bridge. No, I've never liked it. Yeah, but uh, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, for a long time, the blame had... the, the blame does not lie with Silver Shamrock. No, it for, doesn't. No, no, no. But for a long time, 19... I had the Silver Sa- the Silver Shamrock advert theme as my alarm clock. Oh, um, so it now why in God's name would you do that to yourself <laughs> <laughs> I do it for my art <laughs> uh, yeah, I, would say, I, would, I would feel worse for Jackie than for me aye that's, aye, that's fair actually. I was going to say aye that, that's like credible grounds for divorce territory <laughs> but yeah he asks how old she is uh, she replies with the wholly unconvincing older than I look very evasive I do do not care for that as a reply to that question uh, I'd be like no look I'm going to need a number <laughs> can I see your passport <laughs> I need to see some documents <laughs> how old aye, aye. it is very very creepy it is very weird but it does stand up that she's got daddy issues I would agree. Yeah, sorry, pop pop issues. Oh, oh, no, no. <laughs> come, call me papa. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Um, 
And uh, yeah, we lose Marge. She's gone as quick as she arrives straight after this. So yeah, she uh, complains about the fact that this kind of certificate of authenticity little medallion has fallen off the back of the mask. But then she starts kind of poking about at it. Yeah, with like a Kirby grip. Like yeah. a, a bobby pen yeah, like for a American pen. listeners. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she gets unceremoniously fried for her trouble. It's fucking amazing. It is. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It's, 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 it's superb. <laughs> just blasted in the face with blue light. And out and nowhere as well. <laughs> it's, it's, so, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. It's, just, it's, 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 about, it's about as over the top as that could be. Uh, while Tom Atkins is getting his hope. <laughs> Inevitably. Yeah. You could pretty much say that about anything. Uh, any event, globally, any time of the day, any year. Well, that happened while Tom Atkins was here at his home. Any, like, any, any event in this film where he is not on camera. <laughs> totally. That's an assumption. Aye. Uh, uh, but yeah, just, and a great fucked up face, uh, dummy head. And uh, the prosthetics in this are brilliant. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. the gore in it. Like, you get, as I say, we're only, what, how many kills have we had by this point? Three? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, three, yeah. three kills. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, you know, most, yeah. they've all been pretty gory and pretty disgusting. Pretty smart, pretty inventive. Yeah, yeah fun. And it's uh, th- this one, I think, is kind of compounded and, and made that little bit creepier by the fact that like a locust crawls out of Marge's mouth oh yeah and that's the first kind of hint of like what's to come yeah what's to that. come and uh straight into a shot of Tom Atkins ass. <laughs> <laughs> now we know how he does it that fucking iron tight bum like superb that is iron tight isn't it <laughs> yeah, he's like uh, Buns of steel. he's squeezing that fucker for all it's worth like that's a just in a power nutcracker set of butt cheeks oh. man. <laughs> Jesus Christ oh, uh, someone says oh, oh. Yep. did you know that he was suffering from pneumonia the entire time of mm. shooting this no way really so while yeah, he was yeah. doing those sex scenes he was like literally dying <laughs> <laughs> and he still looks amazing he does yeah <laughs> that's why it's all like angles from behind because he's probably like pure huffing and puffing like like Flame and like, <laughs> is like is fluids it, coming out of is, it, is it weird that my new aspiration for optimal physical condition is a pneumonia afflicted to my kids? <laughs> it's pretty much it. It's like, right, that's where we need to be, lads. A man in his, <laughs> a man in his kind of late 40s. <laughs> a man can dream, what can I say? Around about the time that Marge dies, quite a few fairly suspicious things happen. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, first and foremost, um, Cochrane turns up at the scene. Well, she's she's carted at a room by, I would say, maybe eight of those uh, impassive suited men. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say that we're impassive suited men kind of figure for the thing cracks double figures here um, but also I would find out that uh, she's going to get treated at the factory because obviously they've got like a medical section yeah aye because but... people die all the time or get hurt all the time in factories yeah let's go with that <laughs> They must have been there. Their factory must be a goddamn shambles. Like, you know those signs that say, like, zero, like 10 days without an accident? Theirs is just constantly at zero. Just... Even days, it's just hours. <laughs> 47 minutes is the last accident. Well done, lads! <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, Cochran says they've got a fantastic facility at the, the factory, which seems a bit mental. But then, he's the old guy from Robocop. Of course he he's is. The he's old the man. old man from Robocop. Yeah. And... Who doesn't believe the old man? I mean, you know, like, what's your name, son? Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Another good Irish name. Uh, but yeah, this whole event, the death of Marge Gutman, is classified as a misfire. Right. Something that Chalice overhears and it gets stuck in his head and makes him look out a window for quite a long time. Uh, does he? Does, is this when we get our second introduction to Jamie Lee Curtis? 
pretty soon after this, yeah, when she's the voice of the, the telephone operator. Yeah. Because he can't get through to anybody. That's right. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Aye, because we move into um, Saturday 30th at this point. Right, of course. Uh, just for anyone keeping score. And yeah, in the run up to that, so like, he, like so Dan calls Teddy again. Yep. She points out that there's no evidence of a body having been recovered in the fire for reasons which will become clear. Yep, and then she asks uh, Tom Atkins to take her out to dinner. She does. She does. <laughs> we should all be so Tom Atkins. Like... I'm, I, I, no, I'm having a, I'm, I'm shaving this off and having a moustache tomorrow that's it, that's Aye, it. Yeah. I'm going to walk with a moustache tomorrow Aye. you will be swarmed <laughs> swarmed Aye. it's like everyone with my moustache and my what would Tom Atkins do wristband <laughs> <laughs> Tom Atkins looking out a window in a t-shirt <laughs> and is the wallpaper on my phone <laughs> yeah so uh, he Dan kind of asks Terry to investigate Cochrane remotely um, and at this point yeah they go. he goes to the factory and tours it with the cupfers who continue to be unbelievably fucking insufferable on screen but we do learn that um, being, they might be an insufferable family but uh, Buddy has sold or Buddy Senior rather has sold more silver shamrock masks than anybody in the US which is pretty good going he's obviously a salesman yeah he's an enterprising man but is like Cochrane not his like idol Oh totally! It's like he's <laughs> idle. Like he's like he's like this. Like this. This man started out making like cheap masks and jokes, like me, because I'm a cheap masky joke. <laughs> I, I, I feel like he. Uh, I feel like uh, Buddy Cupfer looks at Cochrane in this film like every woman looks at Tom Atkins. Exactly. That's it. It's like um, it's Buddy's. That's Buddy's Tom Atkins. Aye, it's just like pure, just like just kind of pure, unchecked, unfiltered adoration. But Cochrane comes across here as a, a totally stand-up guy. But yes. <laughs> all right okay Fine, he's, uh, uh, but like uh, he's, 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 look what he's done for the town yeah man according to that hobo he's ran it into the ground <laughs> ran it into the goddamn I ground well fake seen. news I just, well it's, like, it's a single handed economic revival if well there's one well seen now no, if there's one person <laughs> if there's one person in the town you're going to listen to it's the ranting steaming <laughs> tramp <laughs> I applied for one job <laughs> I like, sure you did. That's that's great. We've heard it. We've heard your stories. <laughs> um, Cochrane at this point gives a mask to a little buddy, Buddy Cupfer, that has gone through the air quotes final process. The final process, which is labelled really nicely, final processing above the door. <laughs> yeah. it's a secret. Nobody's allowed in there. <laughs> But we're going to like we're going to indicate where it is. <laughs> well, but that's because there's uh, there's volatile chemicals used apparently in the final processing process, and you, it's best you don't go in there. But then, like, what's ha- what are they what are they putting on those? Masks? Exactly, like what, what is volatile the, chemicals? What the fuck are, are they put- doing? Like? S- see, I I think that like um, questionable parenting is rife in this film. Nah. And I, like in the background, and that's like that's a really good example. And in the foreground, but like Tom <laughs> That's He's a fucking awful. But like, but like, Buddy, but Buddy Cupfer is like, um, oh, can I see the final processing thing? And he's like, no, no, you can't. Um, they deal with volatile co- chemicals in there. And he's like, all right, never mind. At no point is he like, is it definitely okay for my son to put this on his face? <laughs> the answer is no. I can tell you in advance. The answer is no. Uh, no, definitely no. Uh, more suspicious stuff at this point. Ellie's dad's car is on the facility. Sure. Heavily guarded. They find that around this point as well. Um, they're ramping up the mystery pretty nicely here, I think. Like just in general, like entire, like entire, just yeah, from a storytelling so. angle. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You you still don't know. Like, there's there's certain things of like we know that they're doing something bad, but we still don't know 
what it is Aye. what's going on mm-hmm. you know obviously there's a problem with the masks like there's something going on but what is it they're planning on doing I, I think that just enough is left non-specific at this point for it to be like really fucking intriguing yeah Ellie says she's scared at this point um, because obviously her dad's car's there at the, ho- the the factory and it's all just a wee bit off kilter a bit weird and uh, right away Dr Chalice goes I think it's time we phone the marines she just before that so see when she sees her dad's car she walks over like pop pop uh, runs over to the car and then is like stopped by two menacing gentlemen in blue suits Mm -hmm. right and she doesn't see anything she doesn't say get out my way that's my dad's car i can see the license plate like what's your problem mate right Mm -hmm. like cochran's there there's witnesses about like all she has to do is make a make a scene right but she doesn't she just looks at it looks at these two men and then steps away and gives big Dr. Dan a hug. Yeah. Doesn't say nothing to him. She just, she just embraces him. No yeah. wonder. Yeah. And then, of course, let's call the Marines. <laughs> Naturally. Aye, yeah, yeah. Aye, master the proportional response. Yep. Aye. <laughs> um, but they head back to the motel and I think we're kind of like, you kind of, it's a hard gear shift in Act 3. That's yeah. Point. This is where we know that the the act three is beginning. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's 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 like um it's a hard line in the sand. Dan tries to call the authorities. Sure. Uh, phone doesn't dial out, and that's where, of course, we we meet Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. for a second time. She reappears also, but yeah, Ellie is kidnapped by yet more impassive suited men, and uh, yeah, and we're hurtling towards final standoff territory. And it's that way where like. Dr. Dan is just getting people killed now. <laughs> you know I mean, not only is it the guy that he brought into his house is getting murdered, Marge next door's getting a doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, cat, like, like, um, the pathologist is about to get drilled. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And it's not in the way that she would hope from Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. No. It's true. Yeah, he's recklessly causing the deaths of quite a lot of people. At this point. Just, just because he was wanting to hang about with a 20-year-old. Yep, that was, uh, that's it, that's it. How many people have to die? <laughs> <laughs> so he so he heads back to the... Fa- <laughs> so he fires back to the factory and, uh, yeah, big reveal at this point. Kind of gets into a scrap with one of the one of the suits. Well, before that, Mitch, I would have thought oh, uh, that you would have... Uh, <laughs> he happens across an old lady knitting. Oh, I. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he approaches her desperately, trying to find out where the get. Where's the girl? Where's the girl? Ah, he's he full sh- of questions. Eh? Shakes her, and the head falls off. Yep. And he finds out pretty quickly that she's full of cogs and gears. Sure which, is. As we know, Mitch, you're a big fan of cogs and gears and clamps and uh, mechanical workings. This is your ideal sex robot. I don't have an answer for that. I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> crank bank fodder. And the crank bank, another one. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Clamp, clamp, you know. Name of Christ. Moving swiftly on. Uh, yeah, no, um, he tries to fight one of the uh, one of the kind of suits. He does try to fight one of the suits. He gets his ass kicked yeah. for quite a long time. But um, punches a hole in the boy's stomach eventually and... Loads of cables, loads of wires. Uh, it's all yellow gunk coming out. Yeah, and Which, also yellow gunk. And by the way, I don't know if you know, that is the second second and last appearance of Michael Myers. So in Halloween 2, Michael Myers is played by the same guy. Oh, as Dick that. Warlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's him. It's pretty much the whole crew from Halloween 2 went straight on to Halloween 3 because right, it was, yeah. they came out a year apart and it was pretty much like the like, crew for crew went straight on to that and of course... They wanted to keep Miles in there. Quite. 
Yeah, yeah. Mr. Dick Warlock. Like that. Great fucking name, by the way. <laughs> Dick Warlock. And he but it looks like Warlock as well. We've seen him. He's got the wispy bits at the side and all that. Looks like a dick. I'm going to say, so you'd rather look like a Warlock or Warlock than look like a dick. <laughs> but yeah, the impassive suited men are robots. That explains everything. everything. <laughs> explains the incredible forearm strength that was hinted at earlier when they uh, crushed the man's skull. I ripping people's heads off. That's like, it. No, basically like pretty much all, pretty much any niggling logic questions immediately solve themselves in this moment. Yep. Because you're not... oh, Absolutely. You've been wondering why they're so impassive. <laughs> this is it, exactly. Over and above anything else. Yeah, yeah. Could be drugs again. <laughs> it's always the drugs. <laughs> it's always the drugs. It's always after that junk. Um... <laughs> Caswell slides straight into Halloween itself at this point, sure. we're informed by the title. Ah, and, we, and we're down into the bowels of the factory here. The processing, the uh, final processing. The final processing, we see it for ourselves at this point. And, and like, so Cochrane to kind of uh, takes Dr. Chalice down. And at this, sure. point, at this point, I think that Cochrane, fucking great villain, <laughs> performance wise here. Well, here's the thing I don't know anybody that can get away with saying, we stole the thing for Stonehenge. And we are using bits of Stonehenge <laughs> to take over and kill everyone in America via masks without you going, eh? What? Aye. Whereas with this, you're going, you bastard! <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> how did you do it? Well, there's a bit, there's a how did you do it bit that I, that I always think. He goes, uh, you have no idea the difficulty we had uh, getting this uh, statue over here. I could tell you, but... And I'm like, no, no, tell me. This is fucking amazing. Yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, but it's like, a magician never reveals his secret. Of course, John, of course. How silly of me. <laughs> but I, you're, yeah, quite right. I mean, like, obviously, Daniel, we've got like this sprawling lab research space. A lot and of yeah. big boxy computers, which I know you're a fan of the old, uh, eight, the old 80s computer tech. Mitch. Yeah, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Also, I think, and again, see what you're talking about, about like Cochrane like, as a villain. Super fucking convincing here. Because at this point, to demonstrate the technology and, the, and like what's actually going to happen, he kills the Cupfers. Yeah. So, and, and absolutely tremendous scene. It's glorious. Aye, but like, so little buddy puts the, puts the mask on. Yeah. And then, like it's, like, it's difficult to see exactly what happens to him because he's got the mask on, but it looks like his head kind of almost implodes on itself. I, like, totally, his face melts. Yeah. And then bugs come out of it. I like snakes. Bugs and snakes and stuff. Yeah, you've got snakes. Is you've it... got what look like eels. Huh? You've got uh, grasshoppers and, and cra- cockroaches. Yeah. The works. And, like, it's, it's, and a, a, what looks like a rattlesnake. And dis- huh? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, despite the fact that I've spent this entire film hating the cupfers, when they die... In what is a like fairly ceremonious death scene, I was I rather than being like, oh thank fuck they're dead, I was like, you bastard! And you're they're watching it, like they physically I... watch it, and of course Tom Atkins is looking on wistfully, slightly to the right of the monitor he should yeah. be looking at. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just looking a little bit off. <laughs> About to sneeze. It's absolutely, it's absolutely bonkers that this is the plan. Right? <laughs> just like your kids will die, and then. All the families will get killed by snakes. Presumably, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, but... it's so cartoonishly evil. But even that is like, like it's just lucky that they were they were trapped oh, in that right. room because he doesn't really care about the parents. You know, as he reveals as well when he's talking. You know, like when the the hills ran red with blood of children and animals. That's right. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like it's like he just wants to sacrifice Wayne's. Like yep. it's just like straight up. Like you know, if the parents die, good. That's but, that's that's fun. But yeah. he doesn't decide. The planets decide when it's ah, time. And the planets are in alignment, sir. Straight out of this into the montage of kids across America, 
Um, like, uh, donning one of three masks. And, uh... All over America. Such a boring Halloween scene. Like, there's no, like, individuality. Like... It's so fucking boring. Like. It's a, it's an, it's a, it's actually it's like an incredibly bland montage, isn't it? Because it's like it's just like it's all things that could like they all pass for they could have been shot in the same city. With like, <laughs> with just they like, well, like just so. titles being like Dayton, Ohio, New York, New York. It's like I okay, fine. Um, but yeah, it's all just kids battling on the same three masks and heading home for the big giveaway. The big giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, kids, the big giveaway at ten o'clock. <laughs> yeah. And we lose Teddy at this point as well, yeah. who I think is probably one of the kind of like one of the harshest examples of the kind of collateral damage of people that die in this film yeah because she's just kind of just hard at work and uh, pouring just... over some gears that she's found now putting just as she's putting the pieces together she's dead right, she, she phones up she phones up the operator to get the sheriff's department drilled drilled in the face drilled and a long in the face. lingering shot of her corpse for quite and a while. She, she shakes for a bit yeah. and then he just sits there <clears throat> yeah but like in that one shot, even with the movement, the noise, and of course we've we've been given all this gore up to this point. I don't think we don't we don't really see any blood for this death. No, no you it's don't like see any. yeah, no, there's no, like no. there's like a little bit of a struggle, but the actual death is off camera. Mm-hmm. But you still, you know, because you've you've grown to like her. Yeah, you know, like you know, because she's come in in these wee places. She's been nice enough. She seems to have a, like a, a hard working life. Sure. Yeah. yeah, but you know, her and Doctor Dan are good pals. Possibly ex lovers. Probably. Future lovers, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we, well, we've still got Ellie. Well, Wait, let's be kept, honest. Kept that, kept their, that their relationship was uh, never going to last. Ellie, yeah. that, that was just uh, that was one of those things. Being on the road, <sighs> what happens on the road stays on the road. Yeah, one of those, uh, um, never go on the road again. But um, I, I think that like it's it's almost better that our death is kind of like it more focuses on the aftermath right yeah, and and it's like like you say, considering how little screen time she has, you do kind of grow to like the character quite like a fair bit. And um, yeah, the way that it's kind of left with our kind of just this kind of partially obscured shot, because you pretty much just see kind of like it's like a shoulder on her feet or something. Yeah, like, yeah. But like it lingers on it, and it kind of makes you think about it a little bit. And it's it's way less grandstandy than the other deaths in the film. And I think that's that feels like a deliberate choice. Yeah. So uh, Charles is now uh, tied up in a room. Yeah, with a, with a, with the mask on. With a skull mask. Yeah, with a skull right, mask. Yeah. Of the three, it's the skull Obviously, mask he's gone for. Cochrane's yeah. done his whole spiel about Sawain and about all the the fucking uh, all the sacrifices and stuff. And uh, yeah, he's left watching Halloween. Again. Where, we, where we get to see our third and third final, final Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis appearance. Um, yeah, yeah. If I'm gonna die watching a film. I'd be alright dying watching Halloween. Yeah. Oh, really? But you wouldn't really be dying watching that. You'd be dying watching the advert. Aye, true. Uh, which is which is a different kettle of fish, to say the least. But they never talk about how is it just do, like the Wayne's. I mean, I go out at Halloween. Sure. So yeah. Well, wouldn't I get a mask? Because I was like, it's the only time they've talked about an adult wearing a mask is is when Doctor Dan's just sitting there, like about, right. to, about to meet his demise. Yeah. That's right. And there's no mention. Would you have? Would you? I mean. We'd have to assume then that you were out by also buying silver shamrock masks, but like everybody else, of and, course, in the world. <laughs> I'm a sheep. <laughs> I, I, I am a, I am a slave to trends, sir. I'm, I'm into mass consumerism. <laughs> my, ho- my hobbies include mass consumerism. <laughs> but it's safe to say, Charles, being the hero that he is, isn't going to go down without a fight. This no. is fucking amazing. And escapes in record time. <laughs> Kicks Italian. Uh, <laughs> kicks Italian. Cuts off his cuts off his bonds with a bit of glass. And uh, oh, no, not even before that. Before he does that, he's, he's still tied up when he launches the mask. Of course. Up in the, the, the camera. Over forty takes that took apparently. 
I cause yeah, cause he, I loops it over the security camera. It's like yeah, it's fucking amazing. It's like, and then the like, security camera when you see it on the screen, it's just like two eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes it, who's watching these cameras? Because it takes ages for anyone to notice anything. Oh, it's a robot, obviously. Uh, that's true. Uh, the, the the amount the amount of stuff that he gets done in the first ninety seconds of being left to his own devices is fucking <laughs> astonishing. <laughs> Uh, you don't need a cop. You don't need a cop. You're just, you're just, <laughs> just always Tom Atkins. Like because like, no, because you're right. He, like because he kicks the TV in, obscures the CCTV camera, gets out of the bonds. He's and up and about. Escapes into the vents. And like escapes into the vent. Like yeah. John McClane. He's in the vents and he's off. <laughs> he saves it. I think in about five minutes of screen time, he's escaped, got into the vents, got to Ellie's room, busted her out, rescued him. Ellie, and crept into the main final processing room again. Unbelievably efficient. But- when did they come up with the plan? The plan of what he's going to do. I think it was an evolving plan. Because <laughs> it just came to him in bits. I mean, I look at that computer that they're playing with. Like, you know, like, there are time stuff in it. I mean, you might know your 80s computers, right? But I don't, right? So when I'm looking at it, I'm going, what buttons is he pressing? How does he know that that's the sequence to put in? I was the same. He's just sitting there, like, leaning up. You know, you look at the keys. He's just doing, he's heat under the table, just poking at them. <laughs> hoping, yeah. hoping that something's going to happen. And happen it does. He triggers a sequence that causes the Silver Shamrock advert to play all around the final processing room. And no one really responds in any... Like, no one runs over quickly and goes... <laughs> and turns it off. They all just kind of <laughs> accept fate, really. Like the impassive robot men they are. Yeah. <laughs> just accept, <laughs> accept their fate with a quiet resignation. Impassively. <laughs> well, well easy I, come easy go Atkins grabs a box of uh, silver shamrock medallion this is fucking badges, great runs up all of this happens and uh, like no one is well there's a couple of robots given chase I say chase they're mm. just kind of plodding along kind of walking <laughs> this is still ambitiously six minutes after he was tied up with a mask in his head <laughs> he launches a whole box of these medallions into I guess this circle of television screens just as the finale of the advert starts and uh, they everyone as you would expect gets blasted misfired and all the robots are put down leaving only Connell Cochran standing amidst the wreckage of his robot empire yeah and uh, Cochran meets his own end in a ludicrous fucking spectacular fashion. I just I just love that we clap yeah oh yeah when <laughs> he looks up and he, he knows he knows bravo, he's there and he's bravo just like, Tom Atkins that is brilliant. <laughs> it's just like he's just like yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. Love that. And then uh, <laughs> it comes like the Ice Man. <laughs> <laughs> then it becomes. Like, then it becomes. At this bizarre. point, it becomes confusing. <laughs> uh, I know this is where like goes mental. <laughs> yeah. So I, the, as best I understand it, the Stonehenge Rock is activated by the advert on all these TVs and blasts him with a bolt of power that turns him, like like you say, into a kind of Iceman or a stone character. Yeah. And then he, is stone, actually. And then he disappears. Yeah. Evaporates into nothing. Aye. A, wild, a wildly different death from the other, of like, from what we're expecting. Well, you, like, you would expect the snakes out the mouth. And, yeah, all that yeah. kind of thing. Or I mean, just they blow up. <laughs> do you mean going oh. all go, going like total like super saiyan and then just blowing up <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I i think it's a it's a suitably kind of like it's a it's a it's a suitably like kind of like large scale kind of like event death, death for the villain of the piece yeah. i think that yeah it's and the whole, the whole the 
the whole Silver Shamrock factory is engulfed in flame, seen for miles around. Yeah. And Chalice and Ellie escape into the night, presuming themselves safe. Yeah. Until one of the... I laugh so hard, so consistently during the scene where... (laughs) They're driving along and uh, Ellie's just staring out the window and Chalice asks if she's okay and it turns out that Ellie is also now, or presumably this is a replacement Ellie, who is a robot. But when did they replace her? Yeah. She's been a robot the entire time. You think she's been a robot the she's whole been, time? She's been a robot the entire time. There was he no, f- but at no point did they, they, they I, not totally. But I remember Cochrane saying that the um, the insides were easy to do. It was the outside that was the hard thing to do. But just think about it as a giant mask like Ellie. So, I, so he fucked a robot three times at least. And well, I like, could go somewhere to explaining her sexual appetites. Well, think I, about that line as well, like. When when she turns to him and she's like look. like that you know you know what I'm saying like like what was it about where do you want to sleep and it's like that's very robotic that is very robotic it was it was like she was she was straight in there so not only the women love him robots love him why well maybe she was just I would love to hear it don't like it's irresistible to man and machine <laughs> <laughs> the toaster fancies him <laughs> love heart burn symbols in his <laughs> I would love to hear any of our listeners' opinions on whether they believed Ellie to be a robot the whole time or I, not. I had not even entertained that. I love that as a theory. That I like there was no switch. Well, well think about it. Like, at what point do we get the satisfaction that it's there's no resolution that she isn't? So she yeah, turns it doesn't up, come across her corpse uh, or like we, but we don't see any photographs of her and her dad. We true. don't see them ever together. She just turns up at the hospital asking about her dad. Uh-huh. And then, and she sees, of course, that him and he lies to her about what the last words were. So then she tracks sure. him down to go and find out, does he know anything? She's obviously just been a robot put in there to find out if anybody else knows this. Makes perfect sense. So Tom Atkins was getting set up the entire film because he knew too much. Two I weeks in it. a row we've done films with sex robots. <laughs> that is now true. Yeah, that is, that, that is, that is now officially true because I'm installing this theory as the truth. I, I think that, it, yeah, it, it holds water. Yeah. Because I, I can't, like, I have, I've racked my brains about this going, right, was she, wasn't she? At what point did she change? Maybe maybe when they done it and, no, nah, when they kidnapped her. Did they kidnap her? Why didn't they kill her? If they were going to yeah. kidnap her? Like, they don't kidnap anybody else. They just done them in. Yeah, they just die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I love it. Yeah, but anyway, aye, she turns out to be a, a robotic <laughs> ganger. Definitely uh, the entire time, right? Yeah, <laughs> definitely the entire time, and proceeds to attack Chalice and ever escalating hilarious stages. This, this, this is this is fucking hilarious. It really is. She attacks him, attacks him, complete. Yep. She attacks him minus one arm, <laughs> at which point Chalice decapitates her, <laughs> and her arm attacks him. Her, dis- her disembodied arm attacks is choking and trying to poke him in the eyes yeah. and suffer an evil dead and, uh, and then he dispatches of the arm and then <laughs> in fact he just throws the arm into the bushes I was gonna say, that's, <laughs> that's my favourite bit like right right before the robo torso comes after him it's like he like he just rips the arms off and just javelins it into the trees that's, yeah that's the best one and then of course her, her torso comes at him again for one last final hurrah I die laughing every Aye. time this Ever increasing series of nonsense <laughs> takes place. It is, it's brilliant. Uh, it is. It's so funny. And she's spewing the orange juice out of her mouth. <laughs> and, uh, 
And, uh, yeah, really? it's great. Like, it, it's absolutely brilliant. But uh, there's never a moment where he's like, holy fuck, she was a robot all along. No, no, right? he, but he's just he's, he, he's just in shock. Again, looking off, not in the distance, not in the, the foreground, but kind of in between it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's the one, that's the look. Yeah. <laughs> <Just>, um, <laughs> Middle Eastern storm. Yeah. Just all of it. And what an ending we come on to as well. I, I think the ending's fucking great. The ending to me is like, body snatchers level good ending well, that, but that is that's like the looking into the camera was yeah. taken from body snatchers yeah. you know like that whole um, they're here they're, they're here, here thing they're here. Yeah, yeah. which was filmed in Santa Mira oh, well. in the town that they used for Santa Mira um, a little factoid I love the full circle nature of the ending versus the beginning when yeah. you get them kind of like racing back to the same battle station yeah yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's class you see him attending, and then you get the kids coming in. The ad, you know, looking for candy, and then of course the adverts coming on, and he's on the phones. And then, and I, it's like, I like the way the kind of stages play out at the end when he's on the phone trying to get the TV station to pull the advert, and the advert's playing, and then it stops. So like, there's been a technical problem, and the kid changes the channel, and it's on again. You're like, oh fuck! And then that gets the technical issue as well, and then the last advert just won't stop. The- just will not stop. On the third and final channel. Third and final channel. Three three channels. So you need. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> yeah. Stop it! And then we're out. And do you know that they filmed um, apparently eleven endings? No so way. He didn't know what ending that they went with until they screened it. Do you know what any of the variations were? No, I don't. But what I know is that Universal weren't were not happy at all because they didn't want them to end it the way they did, but. Carpenter turned around to Wallace and said, end it how you want. End it how you want. And by them, like, killing all the children in America, right? Nah. That was like, you know, like, of course, Universal going, you can't do that. You yeah. need, we want the traditional happy ending. And they went, too bad, we're going to kill all the Waynes. <laughs> I love the ending. I no, me ending, too. I think the ending's brilliant. Yeah. You, you said you were, a, too, I, you, you were a bit cold on it. I'm, I'm a, I, I don't know. I... I'm always a bit funny with open endings, but the more I think about it, the more I kind of took to it. But I, I like the ending, and I, I guess in the context when they were making this film, how they saw the franchise progressing, because everybody knows that after Halloween 2, Michael Myers is presumed dead, but the franchise, they felt, still had legs, so they wanted to do this yearly kind of, I guess, like one standalone film under the Halloween banner, yearly. It was supposed and, to be an anthology, yeah, you know, yeah. like like that, um, you know, moving forward, it was always a different story told on Halloween, because he was car- Carpenter after he got brought back, he didn't want to come back for the second film, and he came back for the second yeah. film as a producer, and they were making him come back for a third one, and he was like, right, well, if I'm going to have to do this, I would rather, you know, like, I feel like the Michael Myers story's ran its ground, it's been done its thing, we'll create this anthology, and we'll do all these different films with these you know all set around halloween mm-hmm. um it can be anything from, you know, from well, that was a slasher movie like a witchcraft movie yeah it's like i th- i think considering the way that some franchises play out now it's the idea it's the kind of idea that i think that like companies would be more drawn to now i think yeah, it's like, I, I, th- I think it's a cool franchise. idea um, yeah it's the franchise yeah yeah but like but doing it anthology style i think mm-hmm. is something that would be way more attractive now than it would have been i know i agree with you i yeah. never had a, i've never had a problem with it at all and i think obviously the reason it it came out under the Halloween banner. It tanked because people were expecting Michael Myers. So they went, fuck it, we can't risk it going forward. And they obviously pressed on with Michael Myers. But nobody wants a film on Halloween to end on a happy note. No. The fact that I think the fact that it ends kind of bleak and open-ended is, is well, the best way the first Halloween? Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're sitting there and you're like, you're, you're like, I remember watching that as a kid and you're like, 
when Donald Pleasance goes to the window and he's not there and the tune starts up, you're like, holy shit. You know, it's like, no! And if you saw that back in 1978, you don't know they're going to make another one. You don't know they're going to make another seven or eight of them. No. Like, I, 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 I would have loved to be able to watch some of the stuff with context, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like when it was new. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 100%. Yeah. And if it wasn't for this film, we wouldn't have Michael Myers. Because, <laughs> of course, because they turned around and they just bend it all. Yeah. But, I mean, I think if they... If this film had went out without being called Halloween, just called Season of the Witch, it'd be done, you know, like so much better than it yeah. actually did. Because yeah. it's a, I, I, I always say, I think it's a great film. I think it's, it's a great film. You know, it's not, yeah, it's not Halloween that first one, but that's just because that was a, you know, that nothing's going to be Halloween. We've tried. There's so many specials that are going to be that, but it'll never be that. Yeah, yeah. Um, totally untouchable. And that's why you do sort of a different film. And I mean, I, th- I think this, I think this is a really good, I think this is a really good pick for this. Because I think you're right. I think it, it does merit a revisit, but also I think that one of the reasons why it qualifies because it got like it got a bad reception at the time, kind of critically and like kind of fan wise. Like, and I think that you're right in saying that a lot of that seems to is will be borne out of the fact that it's it's a reaction to the fact that it's not a Michael Myers film. Totally. I mean, yeah. if you if you were turning up to go and watch an Avengers movie. And it was just fa- the Fantastic Four that were in it. You'd be like, no, I, I turned up to watch the Avengers. Yeah, 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 Fantastic yeah. Four. You know what I mean? Like, the, you can understand why fans at the time, because that's what they were expecting. I mean, yeah. What did you know? Watch the trailer for? It's <laughs> 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 getting Michael Myers in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, like, like I say, I, I think that uh, it's one of those things that if you go back to it and maybe a little bit of time. Is like kind of passed between your ex, like what you expected it to be, and you can kind of look like look back at it on its own merits a little bit. Totally, I think that like, it's worth a second look, and it's worth and it's worth bringing here for that reason. I think. Yeah, I, I love it. I think it's great. I'm sat here right now wearing a Halloween three T shirt. You sure are. So, uh, yeah, I've always had a lot of love for Halloween. I've always uh, Halloween three. Sorry, I've always kind of banged the drum for Halloween three. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's getting to a point now where the drum doesn't particularly need bang for Halloween three anymore because people are realizing that actually that's pretty fucking good. I mean, as a story, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, as horror fans, we love that bonkersness. We, we do love that bonkers element, and it provides that. It gives, oh, it, it gives you good gore, you know, and it keeps some good. Again, one thing about this, like Laurie Strode was a, a total, you know, like you you knew her. She's yeah. just a girl next door. Like Tom Atkins is so, you know, he's a flawed character in this, you mm-hmm. know. You, you know him. Yeah. You know, you feel like you know him. You, you, it could be your dad, or it could be you, it could be, do you know what I mean? Like, um, they've got that relatability yeah um, and I think that's why or one of the things is, is why it works and if he was like a buff cop it wouldn't have worked do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. and uh, big love to Deborah Hill for uh, banging the drum so hard to get Tom Atkins in in the role I don't feel Deborah Hill gets a lot of the recognition she deserves I, I love Deborah Hill like, yeah. I mean for the end that's going to stand, stand beside Carpenter shoulder to shoulder over those years have you got to say absolutely you know, yeah. Like, and uh, yeah um, Deborah Hill was the one that wanted Tom Atkins, and now looking at it, <laughs> you can't imagine anyone else played that role. Yeah. And Mitch, this was a first viewing for you, I'm guessing. It was indeed. <laughs> How did you find it? Loved it. Huh? Yeah. Uh huh. A lot of these are first viewings for me. Uh, like I said, like I'm saying earlier on before we did this, I, like I'm, I'm I'm a late comer, so I'm working my way through a lot of stuff. One of which, yeah, was this. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I think that it, it probably it probably helped that I was watching it kind of like out of context and kind of just watching it as a first watch but knowing kind of yeah. a little bit about it and knowing that it was going to be a departure from the franchise and all that kind of thing yeah. I took to it pretty much straight away good like I I, I knew I was going to like it pretty fast 
wonderful. And yeah, no, I, I, I think it's great. And I, I also don't understand the hate for it. And I think that the only real, the only real kind of natural cause for it I can think of is the reaction to the fact that it's just not what people expected or wanted at the time. Doesn't mean it's not good. No. And I think that's why it's a good film to talk about. Yep. So we agree. Yeah, well, I think we're all in agreement <laughs> yeah. here that Halloween 3 is fucking awesome. If yep. you haven't seen it, hunt it down. Don't be put off by the fact that Michael Myers isn't in it because it's... Oh my God. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. It's a fucking hoot. Well, it really is. Get some pals together. Sit down. Salva Shamrock. You all can all sit together and wish that you were all as cool as Tom Atkins. And, and let's not all forget that in, in the world of Halloween, in the world of Cat Cannon, all those Waynes are still dead. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Jesus <Yeah>. Christ. <laughs> and on that happy note, John, uh, by the time this airs, we're going to be getting to, I mean, we're going to be a couple of weeks away from the release on and the apocalypse. Yeah. In the UK. It's November 30th, right? Over 30th here? of November, yeah. 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 So, you want to talk a little bit about the film, how you can't be involved with it? Yeah, I mean, uh, so Anna and the Apocalypse started off as a, a short film in 2012 and it was written and directed by a guy called Ryan McHenry. Yep. It went and it won a New Talent BAFTA and uh, from the course of that it got picked up to be sort of um, developed into a feature film. Yeah. So, it was uh, being written by Ryan McHenry and Ryan McDonald, uh, Alan McDonald. Unfortunately, Ryan uh, was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. And passed away in 2015. Yeah. Now, Nason, the lead producer, was like a sort of long-term friend of his. They sort of they made the shop together. Yeah. You know, they they come from the same town down in Fries and Galloway, and uh, Nason asked him before you know he passed away. You know, what do we do about the film? And Ryan said that you know like we we need to go and make it. It's you know at this point you know producers were involved and you'd got like the two musicians involved and you know like there was so much sort of steam building up for it yeah you know as they were sort of writing and drafting and unfortunately passed away and you know nason carried on so they were they were looking at horror directors and musical directors and just didn't seem to find that right fit mm-hmm. and uh, nason and nick saw my first feature film uh, where do we go from here uh glasgow film festival yeah. and we just had we had such a, a great reaction that night and because it's just a it's a real simple story and you know it's all about character and heart and that's what they really wanted for anna was that they didn't they didn't want the silly factor they wanted that like real kids kind of feel yeah mm-hmm. so um they thought i'd be able to do them a turn and asked me to come in and um, pitch for the film i pitched for it and was was lucky enough to get it get the nod so yeah. i yeah and it's like i mean it's, it's not yeah but like you've been all over with it so far I, I I was I was uh, really I was talking, really uh, fucking far flung. I well, I was talking to a journalist today and they asked me like you know so how many festivals you went to and I went I don't actually know I've lost, <laughs> I've lost count I've lost count and I was trying to count them up and I'm like missing some and but I it's been nuts it's been crazy. I uh, where did the premiere? Uh, it premiered at Fantastic Fest in Austin Texas. Okay, um, last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were terrified before that screen. We were terrified. <laughs> I mean, we'd been locked in Kenan Park in a wee edit suite for since Mar- March, April, you know, cutting this and, you know, we'd go out for the September and we just didn't know how people were going to take it, but it blew up at Fantastic Fest, like yeah. really, really blew up and like the they championed it to be fair as well. Like we, we started off with two screenings and by the end of the festival we had nine. Jesus. You know, it was it was crazy. Um, tickets were just going like hotcakes and people were coming back and watching again and again. Some people were coming up to me and like, I've seen your film three times in this festival. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? There's some really cool films here. Like, I just love it. I just love it. Mm-hmm. And the fe- like, even coming to F- uh, Fright Fest, Fright Fest was like, oh, I was terrified about that. 
me and my pal would just, we used to go down to Fright Fest and you know and spend money yeah. and doing yeah. all that pass and you know getting your you know your hotel booked and all that and you're yeah. down there for the weekend you know yeah. it's like a whole thing uh-huh. it's all, I've done it, that the last six years you've yeah. you got all these sort of like horror fans descending you know British horror fans that are like that's my audience yeah. that's who when I've make, been making this film I've had in mind yeah, you know I want I want you to enjoy it and I was terrified about it but we ended up trending on Twitter that night like because it went <laughs> down so so well um I've seen the film twice. Um, I saw it at the Glasgow Youth Film Festival a couple months back. But yeah, the first time I saw it was at Fright Fest. I mean, I, I, I love the film. I've been pretty vocal about that. <laughs> yeah, on here. Yeah, on the show. Uh, but um, yeah, that's, that's, that screening was amazing. The atmosphere in the room was magic. Aye. I mean, that screen, that size of screen. Like, <laughs> I had to go in and introduce a film and I was terrified. Yeah, I remember, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, I, I think the film's great. And I think that from the people that I've spoken to that have seen it, one thing that is kind of cool is that I think that it seems to be being responded to equally well by horror fans and musical fans. That's been, that's that's genuinely been one of the best things about it. It's like you go, like, I don't have a Twitter account, but I'll every now and then go on to Twitter and search hashtag Anime Apocalypse. We love her. Means they can abuse me. <laughs> um, and um, what do you call it? Like, you'd see musical fans going, I hate horror, but I love this. And you get horror fans going, I hate musicals, but I love this. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, and it's, it's so uh, nice. Cool. It's so, so nice. Yeah. Because um, I, I was terrified about the musical side of it because. Um, South Park bigger, longer, and uncut's my favourite musical. Right, okay. <laughs> like, um, so I'm like, oh god, it's cartoons. No, um, uh, so like going into it, like I went and bought like loads of DVDs and like watched loads because it was if you did, if you did say to me, oh, no more go and see this musical, you'd yeah. be dragging me kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm not going. Go to cinema. I'm not going to musicals. Yeah. Um, but I watched like loads and like I end up like falling in love with like West Side Story. Like I love that film. Like, uh-huh. It's brilliant. Yeah. You know, and I went to see like Wicked Live, which was amazing. I, I saw Book of Mormon before that, and <laughs> nice. Book of Mormon, Legally Blonde, like if you like wow, Legally right, Blonde, okay. the musical, brilliant. It's so much fun. Okay, like, like so so much fun, and like you know, I tried to watch High School Musical. Right. Like I bailed after 10 minutes right. like, <laughs> just like straight up bailed I was like I get it right I get it I, I know I know what you mean I know, I know what you're talking about okay um, and my producers were like you need to watch the first half season I agree just the first half and I was like cool never watched it <laughs> <laughs> like, nah. um, first, first, first season they bad that's, that's what they said like, the first half Jesus. of the season is great and I was like nah like, it, 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 it creators pretty bad after that but yeah, yeah um, so like that side of it I was worried about but uh-huh. like what I always was just trying to maintain was like it's just an extension of telling a story yeah the character yeah. driving the story you know and, that, and that's it and it's just making sure that that's the focus of it that it's there to drive the characters and drive the story and that it's fun and catchy and I think that um, one thing that does help the musical side of it is the fact that the songs are absolute fucking earworms as well oh, they're, 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 they're brilliant and I mean the two boys that done it they're, they're They've never done musicals before. It's um, yeah, yeah. Roddy Hart and Tommy Riley. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, sing, they're, they're singer songwriters their own right in Glasgow, yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah. um, uh, Roddy Hart and the Lone's on Fire, isn't it? It's, yeah, uh, it's yeah, like, that's yeah. Roddy. Um, and to- um, Tommy, we called him Toddy. Uh, <laughs> hot Toddy. Um, <laughs> um, and the two of them, watching the two of them works brilliant. Like, Tommy's this wee bundle of energy that just buzzes about, buzzes about, buzzes about. And Roddy's like this thinker who just right. he's so anal about things. And watching the, t- <laughs> watching the two of them just bounce off each other, it's yeah. amazing to watch. Like, just the days I would just sit in the studio and just watch the two of them work away. And they uh, turn around and go, What do you think? You go, That's great, aye. Can I get my coffee? All right, aye. <laughs> <laughs> um, aye. So I mean, like they've done uh, like an outstanding job, and of course they've never scored a film before, and they scored scored the film. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's I say nothing about the actual really, songs. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Really cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm just thinking as well. Actually, we should probably mention the fact that we've got a clip 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. did they send you over a clip, boys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we've got some clips. Yeah, uh, so um, we're just gonna take a sec, play one of those. Yeah. Bollocks! He's definitely a zombie. Robert Downey Jr. has like a bazillion dollars. He is in a hot tub right now, surrounded by electric fences and models. Yeah, but just takes one personal trainer with a bite and then. Uh-huh. Iron Man lives. All right. What about Ryan Gosling? Doesn't matter. Alive, dead. Guy's still cool. Um, Taylor Swift. Jesus, Chris. Why would you even say that? Tay-Tay's fine. Yeah, all right. I was just... She's fine. Wow, that was amazing voice. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> you, you made it, man. You made it. Um, but yeah, the, but uh, so the film's out over here in the UK on November 30th. Uh, what story elsewhere do we know? So it comes out in the States on the 30th, but it does LA, New York, San Francisco and Austin for the first week. And then as of December 7th, it goes out nationwide. Oh, right, that's cool. Okay, so cool. It's going to be it's amazing. Like Alamo Draft Houses, the AMCs and the Regal Cinemas. And um, awesome. at the risk of uh, showing my cards a little bit, how much attention I've been paying, would I be right in saying that the soundtrack album's out on the 23rd of November and the songs Hollywood Ending and Soldier at War are available at stream now from all good musical outlets? That is like, absolutely correct. Okay. <laughs> I had a feeling that, feel that might be correct, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> John, thanks so much for taking the time to do this with us. Thank oh, you very much, man. Jelly Boys, this was an absolute pleasure. I love the show. So thanks oh, very thank much for you, man. That's really, great. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Cheers. So unsurprisingly, pretty unanimous on that one. Yeah, and I would say probably the last time for I would say minimum six months that we do a Halloween film. I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, there's not really that many left to do. Not, not any that really kind of uh, fit the format. I don't think yeah, that I would I'm, be willing to watch again. Yeah, I'm categorically not watching Halloween Resurrection again. So to any prospective guests coming on, this is your warning: don't pick a Halloween film, please. Yeah, I think that I think that we've done the Halloween miniseries thing okay because we've spoken about all the ones that kind of really merit discussion. Yeah, I would say that's, I, I would I say think, that's fair. Yeah. And I think also throwing in kind of like taking a look at the new one midweek last week as well. Yeah. I think that, yeah, we've covered our odds there. Um, and a big thank you, of course, to uh, John McPhail. Yeah, thanks very much to John for coming away out and hanging out with us. And a big thank you to Vertigo as well for um, providing the clip that you heard earlier. Yep. And don't forget, of course, Anna and the Apocalypse is out in the UK on November the 30th and uh, in America as well. And yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's well worth your time, as you may have deduced by this point. I fucking love that film. Yeah, I've, I know said, you do. I've mentioned it one or two times. Yeah, but yeah, I guess that's just about it for another one. Yeah, I would say so. But we will, of course, be back on Monday. Yes, we will indeed, as usual, Mitch. As yeah. usual. Yeah, I d- like, like clockwork. <laughs> at this point, he said, "Jinxing." It. <laughs> yeah, we're fucked now, aren't we? But yeah, pending some sort of natural disaster or something, we'll be back Monday at eight a.m. Yeah, yeah with all the usual stuff. Yeah, and you know what that means. Yeah, another Mitch's Bitches. Hey! <laughs> hey, yo, hey! Hooray! <laughs> nah, no, looking forward to it too, of course. Uh, and of course, on top of that, we will uh, have another look at what we've been watching, Shockwaves 100, feedback. All Podcast recommendations. Podcast recommendation, yeah. yeah. And it'll be your turn again. It will be, yeah, yeah. I'd rather get thinking. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, I have limited time to listen to podcasts. You better uh, start, man. You better start seeing what's out there. I've already, like, I need to st- stop listening to all of the horror fiction ones. Are you just, just going to start recommending individual episodes of horror fiction podcasts now? Like, you did with the Halloween one of uh, no the, sleep. the Halloween No Sleep one? Uh, yeah, that's quite possible, actually. That might be the mo- the best way for me to get lifespan out of that feature, because eventually I'm just going to have to give it over to you, because I feel like you listen to more than I do. I do. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Uh, I listen to podcasts constantly. <laughs> but, um, join us Monday to see how that pans out. <laughs> um, if you want to get in touch before then, you can. Facebook and Instagram, we're Strong Language Violent Teens. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC. And you can, of course, also email us, although no one ever does, at Strong Language Violent Scenes at gmail.com. Yes, of course. And as you know, there's a million billion places you can listen to us. You can get us just about everywhere podcasts are. Well, uh, why not try checking out Spotify and iTunes and our pals at Podbean? Indeed. Yeah. So join us Monday if you can. And rather than uh, signing off with some advice about avoiding being foods for chuds, we're going to leave you tonight with a little clip from one of the songs from Man in the Apocalypse. Yeah. The first single from the soundtrack album, one of my favourites, I must say. Going to leave you with Hollywood ending. Good night. Good night. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.